all the time. Your forgiveness is like holy water on my skin. I'm telling you what, I love this song. My wife printed it out and we just played it this morning for the first time. And what I love about this song, because it just reminds me of my life. You know, God, I'm on my knees again. God, I'm begging, please again. I need you. Oh, I need you. Walking down these desert roads, waters for my thirsty soul, I need you. Oh, God, I need you. Now, you tell me that who does not, who does that not speak to? You know, that speaks to everybody. We've all been down on our knees. We've all been begging, please again, I need you. God, I don't know how many times I've got on my knees and said, Lord, I need you. This needs to be resolved. This matter needs to be resolved. God, I need you. God, I'm walking down these desert roads, right? We've all been down desert roads, haven't we? Every one of us has got a desert road. Every one of us has a testimony of going down a desert road. Water for my thirsty soul. You know, what did, what did Jesus say to the Samaritan woman? When he went to the well and he had nothing to draw water from, he said, woman, can you draw water from this well for me? And he told her, you know, he told her everything she ever did. But he said, if you only knew the living water that I can give you, you know, Jesus is the living water. And he's the only water that can quench the spirit in the soul. You know? Water can quench your thirst, can, can give you a moisture to your mouth when it's dry, but Jesus is the only one that can do it for your soul and your spirit, amen? Oh God, we need him. I, lo- I just love this song. I mean, and, boy, I wish, I wish we could play it. Maybe we could play it after church. But I'm not, I'm not even, that's not even my sermon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm supposed to be saying announcements right now. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, we're still, uh, you know, we want to, for announcements, we still have prayer meetings, 7 o'clock. We're going to be start having them here at the church. Oh, that's right. Not this Wednesday. St. Patrick's Day. So... But you know what? That doesn't mean you don't can't pray. You can always pray. You can pray in your house. You can pray every day. You should pray every day. We need prayer every day. Amen. Um, we need to be praying also. We need a miracle. We need a miracle for Phil and Ellie. They need a car so they can get back and forth. So we need to be. I want you guys to be praying for a car. For them, they need a car, you know. And um, we also need to pray for Ed. And I think, you know, let's all just extend our hands to Ed right now. Ed's going in for a, a checkup, let's say tomorrow at the doctor's. But we need to pray that he's healed in Jesus' name, and that everything that they check on him, that he'll be healed, and they find nothing wrong. Amen. 
So let's just extend our hands over to Ed. I'm going to come over and lay hands on him really fast. And I'm going to believe by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to not only lay hands, but I'm going to anoint you with oil. So we're all going to be in agreement because the Lord, the word says, we're two or more in agreement than it shall be. Amen. Amen. We're going to agree for Ed's healing. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that Ed will be healed, made whole, perfectly, Lord God, that this issue that he has in his body would stop and would cease, that he would grab hold of that garment of Jesus and by faith his, he would be healed. And we, would, we believe this, Lord God. We believe your word. You've done it before. You can do it again. And Father, we just thank you and praise you, Lord God, for him. In Jesus' mighty name. And we're believing for good reports from the doctors tomorrow, Lord God. Or whenever he gets the results back, it'll be good reports. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we also are, you know, we want to keep lifting up our church. Always, should always lift up the church in prayer. Lift up each other, brother and sister in the Lord, in prayer. And uh, don't forget about the church app. Joe is going to put it up there. Check out our church app. It's got all our sermons. You can do a a lot of things with that. You can get church on the go. (laughs) Wherever you're at. When you're driving back from Philly, you can put on the sermons and listen to them all the way. There's enough, Joe loaded enough up there to make it the whole trip there and back probably several times. (laughs) Amen? Amen. So without further ado, we're going to take up an offering. So come on down, Grace. Thank you, kiddo. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the tithes and offerings that you're bringing into this house. We thank you, Lord God, that they're going to good things. Lord Jesus, they're going out for um, Lord healings, for children, Lord God, for babies, Lord Jesus, Lord, you know where they're going. And we're just believing, Lord God, that you can do great and mighty things, Lord God. And I just praise you, Father, and thank you for each person here. For, for the blessing they are to us, the blessing they are to the church. I pray that you would, Lord God, only bless them back abundantly. Lord, seven times, Lord God. Lord, and I pray, Father God, that you bless the work of their hands, that you would bless their finances. Lord, bless their giving, Lord God. And I just thank you, Lord God, that we just are trusting in you for these days and for these hours that we're living in. For our very lives and for our children and for all the things, Lord God. And we just continue to trust you and follow you, Lord God, and be obedient. And we give you all the praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Julie, do you want to come down while she's doing that and do the uh, communion? And I'll pass out the elements.
Joe, do you want to see if it comes up? Oh, maybe we need to turn off the stage lights. Yeah, that helps, I think. I'll shut this door. Okay, um... For communion this morning, we're going to play a clip from the Passion of the scene from the Last Supper. And Ephraim, Ephraim, make sure you're here. I want you to watch too. Um, this, I was watching it this morning. I was watching different clips and so many times it's it's so good for us to actually see what it could have looked like, what it could have sounded like. Um, hopefully this will be the right one. <laughs> but it cut it they're speaking in Hebrew in this clip, but it will show the words at the bottom. And even not even not having the if you can't see the words or if they don't show up. Um, you'll, you'll hopefully be able to see the picture. And it starts out where Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples. And that really struck me this morning when I was, when I was looking at that. And uh, the unconditional love that Jesus has for us and for all of us. You know, we look to the left and we look to the right just like the disciples did. And we say, is that Judas? Is that Judas? We look around and we look for the Judases sometimes. But Jesus didn't do that. When he washed the feet of the disciples, it's, it was an example of unconditional love. He knows all of our weaknesses He knows all of our struggles. And this is what the beauty of his love and Christianity is. That we don't have to look for Judas. The Bible says to look inside for Judas. Look inside. Examine your own own heart. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord loved Judas with all his heart, just like he loves us. He died for Judas. He, he, I'm sure, wept. You know, there's, there's times in the scripture where it says Jesus wept, and it doesn't give us a full description. But I, I sometimes think that it could have been for Judas. That's how much he loves us. So let's watch this this morning. Oh, Lord, let it, let it work. We'll see if it does. If it doesn't, we'll go to the scripture. But um, I love this scene, and I, I love this movie. 
We should all be watching it this season and, and whenever just to remind us of what Jesus went through. So let's watch this, and it shows them having the bread and having the uh, wine and uh, just the expression on Jesus' face. I think they did such a great job to show his love. And so let's watch together. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you this morning, Lord Jesus, for your body and your blood that was given for us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just love to we just love to meditate on you, on who you are, on what you said, on what you did. And Lord, let us this morning just let us just take time and, and look inside. Look inside our hearts. Look inside our soul. Lord, we pray, O oh God, this morning that you would bring healing, that you would bring healing to our souls by your broken body, broken for us, that you would bring healing, O oh Lord, to our minds through the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus. Cover us, O Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We just pray this morning, help us to give it all to you. To give it all to you. Hallelujah, Lord. And the scripture says in Matthew, it says, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Let's Get our bread ready if you don't have it. Hold it up. Father, we thank you for your body broken for us. In Jesus' name, we thank you. By your power, by your Holy Spirit, we cannot give enough thanks for your body broken for us. Let's partake. And then it says, then he took the cup. He took the cup and he gave thanks. And he offered it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. All of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Let's partake.
just take a minute and just in your spirit and in however, just praise the Lord, just worship him. Father, we worship you. We praise you, Lord. Let us always, always think of what you've done for us. Let us never take it lightly or traditionally. Let us never just make it an exercise. But God, touch our hearts with the reality of what you did for us. That we can forever be thanking and praising you. And one day we'll stand before you in heaven, thanking you and praising you for the body and the blood. The complete and utter sacrifice. Hallelujah, Lord. And we pray as we receive that we would give. As we receive this bread and this body, that we would give Jesus to those who need your salvation, to those who need your healing, to those who need your love, to those who need your forgiveness. That we wouldn't take communion just for us, but then we would do what you told us to do. Take that gift and give it. And we pray this morning and we thank you for the gift. We glorify you and we praise you. And we love you together this morning. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Forgiveness. That's the title of today's sermon, Forgiveness. Forgiveness. The definition of forgiveness is the action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. The action. Forgiveness is not just about saying those words, forgive me. Forgiveness is an active process. An active process. Meaning you got to do something. Not just saying it, it's also acting. It's an action, it's an active process in which you make a conscious decision to let go of negative feelings, whether or not the person deserves it or not. Want me to read that again? Forgiveness is the active process in which you make a con- conscience decision to let go of negative feelings, whether that other person deserves it or not. 
Peace, the anger, the resentment, the hostility, you begin to feel empathy, compassion, and sometimes even, even affection for the person who wronged you. Hello? Anybody home? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I, God calling. Amen. We're here, Lord. We're here. Studies have shown that some people are more forgiving than others. And those people tend to have a more satisfied life. They have less stress, less anxieties, anger, and hostility. I want you to think about that for a minute. Do you have anxiety, hostility, anger? I know I deal with it. Are you satisfied with your life, where it's at, and where it's going? Are you holding unforgiveness? <laughs> I have to think about this for a minute. You know, when I write, I'm reading this. I don't know about you, but there's one that satisfies that's beyond anything we this world could offer, and that's Jesus. Jesus satisfies. All the time. And I want to be satisfied. I want to be in that category. Amen. I think we all do. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be hostile. I don't want to be violent. I don't want to have anxiety. Stress. We shouldn't as children of God, should we? We got to cast all our burdens at the foot of the cross because he cares for us. While people who hold on to grudges are more likely to suffer from depression, stress, disorder, and other unhealthy conditions. Think about that. When you hold unforgiveness, you are cursing yourself. And not just yourself, you're cursing your body. You're cursing your spirit. Whether or not you have a simple spat with your spouse or your, or your friends, if you hold resentment to others, or you have anything that is unresolved, any conflict that goes unresolved, can go deeper than we, even, than we realize. It can affect your health, and it can affect your relationship with Jesus. And you know, God wants nothing but the best for us. He says it in his word, beloved, above all things, I, I pray that you would prosper and be in good and health. He wants nothing but the best for us. And God wants you to be free. That's why he sent his son. 
so that we can be free. God sent his son so he can set us free. What does it say? That he sent his son so we can have forgiveness of our sins. Right? And set us free. You can have forgiveness of sin. You know, when I think about that, I think about that song again. I've had that song going through my mind on a loop all week long. I've already, before Julie came down in the church, I played it two or three times already on my phone. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like holy water to my skin. God sent Jesus to the cross to forgive us our sins. Not to condemn us our sins, but to save us. So that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 16. And it's us who condemns ourselves. We condemned ourselves when we don't accept or believe in the cross and what Jesus has made available for us. It's us. We condemn ourselves. When we hold unforgiveness, whether you're a Christian or not, you condemn yourselves. And as a Christian, the Word says, if you don't forgive men their sins, then God won't forgive you yours. It's not only unhealthy for us physically. It separates us from God. And it allows the devil to come in and torment us. You know, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, Jesus was teaching us how to pray. And we all know it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debtors. We need to show the same amount of forgiveness to others as Jesus forgave us. And there's some Jesus is forgiven more than others. For much has been forgiven in my life. And you know, right after he teaches his disciples how to pray, he goes into verse 14 and 15 here in Matthew. And you know what he says? For if you forgive men when they sin against you, 
your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't, if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Think about that. If we don't forgive, then the Father won't forgive us. I don't know about you, but when I stand in front of God in the judgment seat of God and I'm up there in heaven, I want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come into the place that I've prepared for you. I don't want God to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Or depart from me because I never forgave those who trespassed against me. See, because when we don't forgive and we let unforgiveness stay in, what does unforgiveness start? Well, it starts a root of bitterness. And then, you know, all the other things that come against you, you know. It's like when we eat unhealthy. It's not good for our bodies, right? But when we eat healthy, it's good for our bodies. When we're eating three square meals a day that have nutrition, we're getting fed. We're feeding our bodies, right? And when our our bodies are healthy, then what can our bodies do? It fights off all kinds of sicknesses, disease, viruses, right? When your body is healthy and it's functioning properly like God made it to function, it cleans out all the impurities. That's what your kidneys, that's what your liver does. Right? It gets rid of all that stuff. That's why you have a nose with nose hairs. That's why I got to clip mine all the time. Because they filter out the air. You know? Because they filter out the air. And that's how God made us. And it's like that when we get into the Word and we get praying. Because really, if you are in love with Jesus, you know, like last week, falling in love with Jesus. When you're falling in love with Jesus, you're not going to hold any unforgiveness in your body toward anybody or anything that ever harmed you. Because you know why? You don't want to separate yourself from the love that God has for you. And we all want to walk in that fullness of love that God has. You know, we only get a little glimpse of it. Think about it. I mean, I think about this all the time. And I don't know about you, but I know that I don't walk in the fullness of the, of the love that God has for me because of all these anxieties and cares and stresses of the world that, are, that get placed on me. And then I let my mind go there. And who does that? You know, I like to fish. I'm a fisherman. I like to hunt. I'm, I love the outdoors. But I know I'm a fisherman, and I like fishing, and when I cast my line out, you know, I hope, I hope and pray that I catch a fish. And I, and I, but what I am is I'm a sight fisherman. But I've come to realize, and I think I'm pretty good at fishing, right? And I have to toot my own horn or brag, but I think I'm pretty darn good fisherman. And I've, and I've only become good because I've learned over the years and observed and watched. But think about this. I was thinking about this this morning. I'm like, you know who the greatest fisherman is out there? I'm going to tell you. He's the devil. His name is Satan. 
Lucifer. He's the greatest fisherman out there. Because you know what he does? He throws out bait. And he's constantly fishing. Think about it. He's constantly fishing. He's throwing, he throws things out there that get into your mind to see if you're going to take the bait. Constantly fishing. Oh, you don't have to give unforgiveness to that person. They did something that was so vile, so bad. They spoke so badly against you. They done so many evil things toward you. They don't deserve forgiveness is what the devil says to you. It's not what the word says. Not what the word says. That's not what God says. And thank God, I was thinking about this. Thank God that God is a forgiving, loving, kind God. Because if he wasn't, I would still be in my sin. And I'd still be in the pit of hell that God delivered me from. You know? None of us here would be saved if it wasn't for God's forgiveness and mercy and grace and love. Not a one of us. Because every one of us deserves to die in our sin. I deserve to die in my sin. But God said, no, he reached down from heaven and he plucked me out of the pit of hell and he offered his forgiveness to me. But it was my choice to accept it. He's he's a loving, kind God. He's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to hold you down and say, no, you need to, you know. He's not. He's not like that. He gives you a choice. He gives you a choice. I think about it. I think about the forgiveness God gave me. You know, it says in the word that he forgive us while we were still in our sins. He forgives us. He's forgiving. And he's going to be continually forgiving until the day he comes. You know, like I said before, you know, his grace, his mercy, his love, they endure forever. Forever. Because that's who God is. God is love. God is merciful. God is grace. God is forgiving. That's the characters of God. That's the makeup. That's the DNA of God. That's who he is. But there's going to come a time when our choices are going to come to an end. God's never going to come to an end. His mercy and grace is never going to end. But he gives us time to make a choice. He gives us time. And while we're still on this earth, he gives us time. But the day he comes over that hill right there riding on a white horse, if you have not made a decision for Christ and accepted his forgiveness, at that time, that's going to be too late. He's a patient. He waits patiently for us because he loves us. And he gives us ample time to do it. But there could be a day where it could be too late. And I'm going to tell you, I don't want to die in unforgiveness. I don't want to die in unforgiveness. And I don't want anybody here to die in unforgiveness. I don't want the rapture to take place and people are left because of unforgiveness or bitterness. Because what does it say in the Word? If you don't forgive others, then our Father's not going to forgive you. 
Think about this. This is serious stuff. This is stuff when you're standing in front of God at the great judgment seat where you're going to make an account. My forgiveness, my belief, my salvation is not going to save you. It's not. I can't save anyone. All I can do is lead them to the one who can. And that's Jesus. And then it's totally up to you. It's totally a decision on your part. It's your relationship with God. I cannot have a relationship for God for you. I can't. And trust me, you don't want me to. Do you want to put your salvation in my hands? Like, think about that. No. You don't want to put your salvation in anybody else's hands. But you want to put your salvation in the hands of Jesus, the one who can save you. Amen? He is the one who can save you. And I know there's wounds out there for all of us that have had unforgiveness. There's, you know, a lot of us, I mean, maybe not for you younger girls or younger generations, but us older generations, there's, I know that we've held unforgiveness toward others, you know. And they can get deeply rooted in and set in. And God today wants to say, I want to set you free from unforgiveness so you can be free, 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 totally free in Jesus' name. I mean, there's things that people have done wrong. There's injustice. You know, I still got to battle with it. I do. What happened right here? You know, I got to be careful not to hold unforgiveness because of what happened right up here. You know? And God says, no. You got to forgive. You got to act it. You got to say it. You got to walk it and you got to believe it. Amen. Amen. Because if you don't, then what do you do? The enemy starts fishing again. He starts fishing. And he starts casting. And then I'm telling you, a lot of times we take the bait. And we let them in, our minds. Right? What does the word say? Let this mind be in me that's in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in me that's in Christ Jesus. And when the enemy goes fishing for you, you got to say that, let this mind be in me that's in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to go there, devil. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Get thee behind me, Satan. I am not going to fall under this temptation, no matter what it is. Let this mind be in me that's in Christ Jesus. I put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, take up the shield of faith, shod my feet with the gospel, put a, gird my loins with the buckle of truth, take up the word of God, which is my sword, Get thee behind me. I'm standing my ground. Don't let the devil have a foothold. Don't let him hold unforgiveness or bitterness because it just grows like a fungus and like a mold in your bodies and it just eats you from the inside out. And it holds you back from what God has for you fully in the kingdom. Amen? Powerful stuff. And it's so simple. 
It's so simple to do. Say, Lord, I forgive. Forgive me for holding on un- the un- unforgiveness. Forgive me. I forgive them. Lord, you know, I think we should do it right now. I think it's so powerful because God wants you to be free. I really think today before we leave this church, we should come up here and we need to pray, God, any unforgiveness in me, I give it to you. Because I don't want nothing in my life to hold me back from all that you have for me. There's so much more. Isn't there? Don't you feel like there's so much more? I mean, I know there's so much more in the kingdom of God and what God has for me than I can even imagine. And even when I think I know what it is, there's more. You know? There's so much more. I can't even comprehend the more. You know? I can't. But, and that's, and that's, that's who God is. And it's so simple. I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm simple. And, I, and when I read the word, I believe the word literally is that's the word. That's what it says. When God says, I will hold, if you don't hold, if you hold unforgiveness toward others, then I'll hold unforgiveness to you. That's what he meant. You don't have to read between the lines to know that. As truth. You know, there's no other way around it. It's like when the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and that no man can come into the kingdom except through him. It's simple. You cannot make your way. You cannot earn your way. There's no other way into the kingdom of heaven except through Jesus. You can't jump the gate because it says in the word, if you try to sneak in over the fence, you know what? Then he's going to find you. And he's going to say, now how did you get in here? Now, you're not supposed to be here. Go. Right? That's what the word says. When God says that you need to have your lamps full of oil, like the ten virgins, and you need to have extra. So you know what that means? That means when you need to have extra oil, that means you need to have You know what? No matter what comes against you, you've got a reserve that you can tap into. That said, oh no, devil, I got extra oil. I got some extra. I got the word back here. I got the, I'm girded up with truth. Oh no, I got the feet shotted with the gospel. Oh no, I'm standing on the word. I got a reserve. And that reserve will never run out. As long as you're trusting and obeying in God. You know, I think there's, I think people get upset and can hold unforgiveness toward others that even have gone and passed in their life. You know? Like, why did you leave me here all alone? I've searched the world over and thought I found true love. You met another and poof, you were gone. You know? It's true. I mean, I looked at that this week, and I thought, gosh, you know how many people? And you know, people, they're good people. They love the Lord. They have good intentions. They want to do what's right. Just like all of us, we want to do what's right. We love the Lord. We have good intentions. 
We don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to hold any unforgiveness toward anybody. But it's the devil that says, no, no, you can't be forgiven. They can't be forgiven of that. You know, what did, what did the word say? That he'll have, I'm going to mess up this word, amity, 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 there you go. Against the woman and the snake, and we're going to bruise our heel. So when he comes, you just need to stomp on it. Stomp it out. The best thing for us to do is when you, when you feel like it, that the, that, you know, that the devil's trying to creep in, stomp him out. Stomp him out. I mean, literally, if you have to stomp your foot to remind you to stomp him out, then stomp your foot. If you literally have to verbally say, no, devil, get thee behind me, say it out loud. Let them hear it. Let them know you're meaning business. Amen? That's what you have to do. That's what I have to do sometimes. I have to say it out loud. I say, nope, not going there. And my wife will say, who are you talking to? You know, what are you doing? What are you saying? Who are you talking to? I don't care if I sound crazy. I know I'm not. Not going there. I'm not going to fall into temptation. I'm not going to let the devil speak. Things, lies, and you know, to me, because that's what he's doing. He's fishing, and he's fishing with lies. He's out there casting, and he's fishing. And how many, how many, how many believe a lie? How many believe his lies? Many. You know, it says even, even the elect are going to fall. That's us, church. That's the believers, the elect is us. We're going to fall. God says they bring them, they, they get a delusion. They believe a lie. And I'm telling you, this day and age, we've got to be sharp. You know, wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. We need to be sharper than a two edged sword. We need to be on our toes because there's, there's powers and principalities and authorities in high places that want to take you out. You know, that want to take you out. And they don't have to take out the world because the world's already gone. They're coming after Christians. You've got a big target on your back. He doesn't have to worry about somebody that's already struggling. He's got to worry about the person that can take that struggling person out of his grips and bleed him to salvation. He's got to worry about the church in which the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. That's us. That's us believers. That's who he's worried about. He's afraid of you because he's afraid of who is in you. He's afraid of who is in you. And it's not of you, but it's of him who is in you. It's not of me, it's of God, it's of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't want the Father to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Jesus forgave us all our sins. All our sins. 
Every little dirty, nasty thing, thought, deed I ever did is gone. And he cast it as far as the east as to the west. And it's only the devil that brings it up and tries to remind me of my wrongs. But that I, if I don't believe what Jesus did on the cross and what his blood done for me, that his blood washed me clean as snow, then if I don't believe that, then I'm believing a lie. And I'm believing a lie. Because his blood was more than sufficient for the covering of all my sins. And I'm not going to go into details over all my sins. <laughs> Amen. And neither should you. Because you don't need to give any glory to this sin life, to the sinful man. You need to give glory to God who can cleanse you and set you free and who forgave you of all your sins. That's who you need to give glory to. We don't need to give the devil a foothold. We don't need to be looking for the devil. We don't need to be looking for him at all. We need to be looking for God, who is the author and the protector of my life. Every day. That's who you need to be looking to. He's the one who has all the answers. Because the devil comes even as an angel of light. To deceive to distract, to get us off track. And he's been doing it for 6,000 years. He's pretty crafty. He's a crafty little devil. He is. He's a crafty little devil. and We cannot be deceived. We have to keep the focus, keep the faith. You know, like an arrow, straight shot. Jesus made a way that's straight. We're supposed to be changing more and more into the image of Christ every day. We're supposed to be changing more and more into the image of Christ every day. Every day. More and more. And Christ forgave others even when they didn't deserve it. Shouldn't we be forgiving others when they don't deserve it? Shouldn't we be being changed more and more like Christ? Right? Every day. Even though forgiveness at times is tough, and it doesn't come easy, it doesn't come easy. Sometimes forgiveness does not come easy. You know? I know for myself, as a prideful man, it's not easy for me to admit my wrong to my wife. I'm just using that as an example. And she can testify to the fact. Because I can be a stubborn ass. Right? I can say it's in the Word. It's in the Word. I I thought of it before I said it. But I can be. And you know what? It's not who God wants me to be. It's not easy for me to humble myself and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I hurt you. I should have never said that. I should have never done that. Do you forgive me? And she can testify. It's not easy for me to ask for forgiveness. It might not happen. 
that day. Let's put it that way. It should happen that very moment. It should. But it doesn't just come easy. And you can't just pretend that nothing ever happened. You know, when you offer forgiveness to somebody, that doesn't mean that you pretend that nothing even happened after that. You know, you can't not deny the facts. You can't. That's why forgiveness at times doesn't come easy. And that's why we need to extend forgiveness as Christians, even when we think they don't need forgiveness. (laughs) Even when we don't feel like they deserve it. And you can't help but think of how Jesus extended forgiveness for all of us. For every one of us that's here today. Jesus extended his forgiveness for all of us. And I do believe God wants us. I I don't believe it. I know God wants us to extend forgiveness to others. He wants us to forgive others. Just as he has forgiven us. Amen. Amen. You know, I want to, I feel like my, I feel like Julie, you and I should come up. And I feel like if you guys have, I think we should all come up and just take a moment. And you know what? Yeah, I think we should come up. (laughs) I was going to say, maybe you could be right there in your chairs. But I think you need to be anointed with oil again. And I think that we need to say, God, I just. And you don't have to say it out loud. You know, you know who you need to extend forgive, unforgiveness or forgiveness to. And just say, you know, Lord, I forgive that person. And you, know, you can say that name in your mind. You know, if you feel like you want to say it out loud, that's fine. You know, that's between you and God. But I really feel like God is, wants to extend forgiveness. And he wants, more than that, he wants you to be set free. He wants you to be set free because he loves you. Right? He's got great plans for you. And he wants you to be with him forever. You know, he want, he's got a place for us in eternity for all of us. That he has prepared for us. And he wants you there. He wants you there. Amen? So if you feel led to come on down, come on down. Julie, you want to come up?